This is the second series of the Become Inspired podcast, where our aim will remain much the same as the first, giving teachers, parents and students helpful hints and tips to live a fulfilled and meaningful life. We will be speaking to a range of guests from nutrition and psychology to people who are living extraordinary lives and have inspiring stories to share. Hello and welcome to the Become Inspired podcast. We have Sam Hart with us today from TeachDrop. Uh, Sam Hart is a teacher. He's a uh, well, part-time teacher now because he's set up a business um, which is a well-being business to try and help teachers' uh, health and well-being. So hello, Sam. Hello, John. How are you? Yes, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. And how's it going for you? Because obviously you're, you're teaching how many days a week now? Um, three days a week, sometimes four, but yes, at least three days a week. And yeah, it's going well. Thank you. Settling back into life at school. Um, actually, I think um, at my school anyway, a lot of us have been kind of present, pleasantly surprised by the way the, the children have come back and adapted. They're, you know, of course, they're very happy to be back and seeing their friends and their teachers and we're happy to be to be teaching again in the classroom. Yeah. What, what what year group uh, and what's what type of school do you teach in? So a primary school, and I'm a year three okay. teacher, as well as other responsibilities around um, PE um, and science as well. Um, but yes, in, uh, year three, the seven and eight year olds, which is, I have to say, probably my my favourite year group. <laughs> yeah, nice. I've got a uh, I've got a nine and eleven year old. So yeah, uh, I, I can imagine they, that. They're nice to teach at times. So what, what are you finding? I mean, what have, what have been the challenges of obviously coming back and keeping kids uh, in their bubbles um, and making sure that, you know, they're doing what they should be doing? Yeah, of course, that, that is tricky um, to, to get across these expectations and the why of these expectations of staying in the bubble um, to seven, eight-year-olds and even younger. It's difficult to explain but they've they're just so resilient aren't they and adaptable children are they've they've got back into the swing of things they're they're following our guidelines and 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 the school is very well set up you know they don't have to think about it too much um we we go out to break at our certain times we have our lunch at certain times and I have to say, in in some respects, it's been uh, a good thing at school. You know, there there have been some positives. Um, for example, at lunchtime, we 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 keep the children in. After, you know, they eat, but they've got a um, a period to, to eat in. And once they've finished, it's not like they can then just race outside into the playground. They sit down, and if they've finished eating, they just talk to their friends. Um, and that's that's a good thing, isn't it? To to not be rushing their um, meals and actually just yeah, chat, yeah. chatting and, and connecting with the people around them so that's that's one example and there are more um where the the, the strangeness of it has has actually maybe had some positives as well <laughs> yeah so what have you so when you hear obviously with your other business so yeah i mean obviously you're a teacher but mm. do you want to just tell everybody what what your other sort of mission i guess is in life of what what else have you've got going on yeah absolutely i mean 
like I said, I'm a part-time primary school teacher at the moment, but um, I've worked in schools for over 10 years now. I was a teaching assistant to begin with and a higher-level teaching assistant, eventually trained to be a teacher um, in Birmingham, went away to Spain for a couple of years to teach there, um, and now back in Birmingham again for the last couple of years. And during that whole time, I have you know, experienced experience challenges to my well-being and seen other people struggle with their well-being um, across a range of settings and year groups, um, all different types of scenarios. And I have, yeah, just, just seen people suffer with it and, and always thought it was such a shame. Um, not just colleagues, actually, I have to say. It's most of my friends work in schools, um, a good deal of family um, work in schools as well. And it's because of all that that I wanted to do something to help. Um, you know, I feel passionately about helping school staff to feel at their best. And so the idea behind Teach John was to set something up that could empower them to take ownership of their health and well-being and I thought if if I could cut through the noise of the relatively ineffectual well-being advice that people are being given at, at times um, and offer steps that really make a difference, and then maybe I could play some part in, in improving the lives of those who work in schools. So it was with my partner, Julia, who says hello, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, uh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> we um, formed Teach Strong and... We, we wanted very much for it to be evidence-based approaches um, that would have a, a long-term impact on adults and children. We talk about empowering teachers, as I said, um, but empowering them to inspire generations, inspire the children that they teach. Um, because we, you know, we think if teachers are taking care of themselves, then they can set the example to pupils and show them how they can take care of themselves too. Yeah, I think so that's, kind a really, of in a, that's a really good point, actually, the, uh, that actually yeah. Yeah, if the teachers aren't. They're not looking after their well-being, then what chance do we have with the children? Exactly. And we know... We know just how important role models are. Um, you know, we know about mirror neurons now. We know that children are, are watching us all the time. It's not about just telling them things and telling them how to behave and telling them how they can relax or be happy or be healthy. They're watching us all the time. And so we have to be the example of that. Um, but, you know, we are in a we're in an environment and a culture where that can be very difficult um, through, through no one's fault. Um, you know, it's not a case of willpower or a lack of wanting to be happy and healthy. We all want to be happy and healthy. Um, it's just guiding people to show them how easy it is and how simple it is to, to do that. And in that way, have that effect on, on the children that are in schools. I mean, that's, that, that sounds great. I mean, so where, where <laughs> are you at with, with, you know, Teach Strong? How's, what advice um, I've been on your website and obviously seen what some of the advice mm. and you've split it into sort of different areas. So are you seeing some effects? Are you seeing that you're able to go in and sort of help schools and their teachers? Absolutely. I mean, we, we are a small company, you know, so we haven't worked with hundreds or thousands yeah. of teachers yet, but we, we will very soon. Um, but yes, absolutely. The, the people that we have worked with have noticed a difference very quickly, um, commented on how 
simple it was to to make these changes and how it's not a time consuming or expensive thing to be doing and the like we mentioned the the most rewarding aspect of it is when people come back and say oh my it's not just made a difference to me but my my partner um has made changes as well and they're feeling better or my own children as part of my family have have made changes and they're feeling better as well and that's that's what it's all about <laughs> yeah i mean what's what as a obviously as a teacher and as running running this business this new business um what when you're looking at the pandemic and uh what's going on around that what are the extra challenges that you see for uh teachers to look after their well-being i mean are, is that from what i understand and it may be secondary schools but there's a lot more that they're having to do a lot more remote learning they're having to cover more more things in the same amount of time um are you coming across that um yeah yeah a little it is slightly different in primary schools i think there are in secondary there are huge expectations aren't there in terms of the the remote learning um and getting things online because their pupils are very savvy with with tech and are able to do that i think at primary school level it it is slightly different but at the same time yes those expectations are now being put into place even more um so i know that schools are having to well if a bubble closes then they're having to continue that provision it's called blended learning so you know they might be in one in school one day and then out of school the next and we've got to make um allowances for that or or we've got to sorry we've got to um you know have some kind of structures in place to continue their learning and so you've got a lot of people who have not been trained in this have not been trained to set up zoom calls and and share documents with children and and video themselves it seems very um trivial to perhaps you and i you know or oh, setting up a video <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, yeah, me too actually um yeah um but yeah uh, setting up something like that and being on film um it that can make people very uncomfortable and, you know, making mistakes in a film, having to start again or having to edit it. And, you know, the, the side of the file is too large to upload onto to the server. It's just all of these things make it difficult. Which, which, and also, what... which they never had to do. So teaching was obviously a, it was a, was a rewarding, but I think challenging job without all of these, yeah. uh, you know, restrictions that have now come in due, and extra jobs, I guess. Um, so it's yeah. just how teachers are best to cope with with all of this extra extra work, I guess. Exactly, exactly. And there's that side of things, but then there's also the, the unknown side of things as well, isn't there? And that can play havoc with people's well-being, just the not knowing what's coming up um, and just the kind of the confusion around what they should be doing you know i still get a bit confused at school you know exactly should i be stepping into this room or should i be i don't know using this toilet or whatever you know because we we've got all these um set um things in place and that can make people very nervous because no one wants to make a mistake and no one wants to look silly do they uh and that so that's another element of it so i mean so what Obviously, you're what's what's good. Obviously, you you're you know firsthand because you're actually living it and breathing the actual teach mm. uh, being there. What have you taken from your own sort of background and the teach strong business, and what have you sort of taken and used probably most in the last sort of six weeks since you've been back? Um, 
I think what we've used most is it's kind of help people identify first of all that well that there's two sides to this and the, the one side is that yes many teachers have been really put through it and it's been a really tough time and it's been stress stressful and it's been anxiety inducing and all those things so what can we do to to help those people um recover and rest and kind of recalibrate ready to go again so there's that one group and then there's another group of people that have have slowed down haven't they and they did get more time to spend with family um yes perhaps more indoors than they would have liked but for, for a short period but then after that you know once once lockdown was lifted and we could get outside and go for longer walks and spend more time um cooking maybe even adding you know more meditation or mindfulness to our routine maybe um sleeping better so there's that other group of people that have seen what it's like to have their um have their well-being being boosted basically because they've done all the right things as part of their lifestyle yeah, yes. because they've had the time to do it um and so what we've you know our approach around this time has been drawing attention to that to begin with and recognizing that and celebrating that and then talking about right well how can we take this forward now because that's always been our advice it's always been around lifestyle and how you can address these different aspects of your of your routine um but how can we take it now moving forward now that things are you know crazy yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And i guess that's easy. it because they've gone from one extreme to the other so they've gone from having exactly. they've gone from having sort of no, nothing to do in effect to having mm. i mean obviously schools never actually shut but I guess no, there was, exactly. there, there, but there was a period of time where there probably was less work on, um, and now they've mm. probably got more. So yeah, I guess it's how they ring fence time. Is that the type of thing that you that you sort of advocate? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that can help for sure. Is um, you know having a bit of a a daily routine even written down and saying this is what I'm going to do in the morning before work, and this is what I'm going to do while I'm at work, and. Um, this is what I'm going to do once I get back as well. But I think the the main thing that we promote is just how short and simple everything um, – so, sorry, how short and simple everything we can add is <laughs> – I can say that in the best way, but anyway, um, but you see what I mean, yeah. how short and simple it is to, to, to make a introduce – To make a change. Yes. Okay. Yeah, to add these habits. So – five minutes in the morning um doing a bit of a doing a bit of movement activities or five minutes meditating in the morning or um half an hour before bed um turning off the screens and um using that time to unwind or connect with the people in your house or you know prepare your breakfast and your lunch for the next day so it's more that i think um you know, finding out how it can work for you what you enjoy and and how it can fit into your routine I mean, yeah, that sounds that sounds great. I mean, what? So, if you had to sort of nail it down to sort of four, as many tips as you like, I guess. But <laughs> um, if you were, if you were, if there was teachers listening now that were potentially struggling, they were sort of they didn't have a routine. They were they felt overwhelmed by what was mm. going on. What would your sort of initial advice be to those those teachers? Yeah, absolutely. So. As I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, we're all about evidence-based approaches. We're all about the we, – we kind of take inspiration from lifestyle medicine. And this is all about approaches that um, you know 
consider how we can prevent, treat and reverse disease as well, which sounds a bit extreme. But um, what we mean is we're, we're talking about wellness rather than illness, aren't we? Yeah. So that's kind of the first step, thinking, well, what can we do every day to stay well? And we know that the things that we um, that things that we can address that will help us stay well and stay healthy and happy despite um, the situation, despite the stresses of our profession. Um, the things are nutrition, so what we eat, um, movement, how much we move during the day, um, what we call inner well-being. So we mean our feeling of inner peace and calm. Um, we mean sleep as well. That's the quality and quantity of our sleep. And finally, community, which um, can encompass a lot of things, but kind of um, um, what we mean is our relationships with those. Relationships with others, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So we can identify those five areas of life um, and then think about how we can implement them more into our day. And so I could... Um, I suppose offer a, tea, um, a tip around each of those yeah, um, elements. Great, yeah. Yeah. Okay, excellent. <laughs> so, Sounds good. Just, excellent. <laughs> so nutrition to start with. Um, what we say is, is just keep it simple. Um, to focus on these whole food, plant-based ingredients, and whatever your diet is, just maximising the number of the number and variety. Sorry, I should say of plants that you eat. So thinking about more fruit and vegetables, beans, whole grains, nuts and seeds. And all of that is is more fibre, isn't it? And that creates a feast with the good bacteria in your gut, which um, which play a key role in your immune system and even your mental health as well. Yeah. Um, so of course, that's really, really important. So one tip around nutrition could be um, breakfast, um, thinking about starting your day with a we, we call them plant-powered overnight oats. <laughs> so just a simple breakfast of overnight oats. Um, it's such a good one because it's really easy to prepare um, the night before. Is that something like granola or something like that? Um, well, the thing with granola, I mean, or if it's music. homemade granola, okay. yeah. Well, even kind of, even stripped back. So what we do is very simple it's oats maybe a few chia seeds and then topped up with maybe some plant-based milk like soya or oat or wh whatever you prefer almond milk um leave that in the fridge overnight um and then in the morning you can add on some um fruit uh, that might be berries or dried fruit whatever it is um it could be some nuts could even be some seeds like chia seeds or, or linseed um so you're just getting such a big healthy dose of, of those plant-based ingredients in the morning and because it's so full of fiber it's going to keep you full until lunch and it's just it's just a, um it's just a much better option than kind of a, a sugary cereal isn't it or yeah. just grabbing a, a cereal bar on the on the way out of work which of course that that's um that's easily done because we are so so pushed for time at the moment but um we want to show people that that is one way you can address nutrition and, and really make a fantastic start to the day that's nutrition <laughs> yeah very good yeah i mean that, that we, we had uh, we had emma hendrix on um last week about nutrition and yeah the whole the whole food thing is is a uh, is is key i think but i think that like you just said you you nailed you nailed the problem which is time and people yeah are thinking well i buy cereal for the kids so i might as well just have some of their cereal but it's, and it's also what you're feeding your kids i mean that's a whole new conversation but the uh, yeah but yeah the whole food is great i guess it's trying to schedule time where you can actually prepare and 
have that type of food available yeah yeah of course and that that is all about um it, it can be a bit a bit of a, a learning curve but i think it isn't as complicated as as people have met, perhaps been led to believe you know it's very easy to to just cook what you normally cook but add in one more vegetable or completely swap out certain ingredients and just think well i can i can maximize even more um the amount of vegetables or whole grains that i'm getting into this meal and you know it's very there's tons of easy quick plant-based kind of recipes that 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 can fit into even the busiest of of person's days (laughs) very good okay so movement what 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 can we uh what, what do you suggest for that so for movement i would suggest um adding natural movement to your day um we know that there's a link between exercise and good mental health, don't we? But I think many people um, then believe that that means we have to be uh, lifting you know, massive weights in the gym or entering marathons and all those things. Um, but in reality, it's just simple, natural movements that do the trick. So what we would say is don't force yourself to go to the gym or start couch to 5k if you don't enjoy it if you do enjoy it fantastic go for it you know i'm i'm a bit weird i like to do um hip sessions you know so i'll go outside in the freezing cold at the park and do push-ups and squats and things but i'm a bit strange like that (laughs) but i completely understand that other people wouldn't enjoy that and so this is what we need to find this is what we kind of need to reignite in people is just find what you enjoy and stick with it um so that would be the second tip is just move in ways that are fun for you um it could be dancing yoga it could be just going for a long walk um but that in that way you're going to be more active um in the long term aren't you because it's going to fit into your routine it's going to provide you with all those benefits um, but it's not going to be a chore and it's not going to be something that you don't look forward to. Exercise should never be something that you Yeah, I, I think that's really key is that finding something that you actually enjoy doing because at the end of the day, your your brain is not going to uh, get you going to do something that you don't necessarily want to do. So, yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Find, finding something that gets your body moving that you enjoy, whether that's walking, running, mm. skipping, it could be anything. On work, Going on the trampoline with the kids, it can be pretty much anything, can't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And and kind of linked to that as well is just to find opportunities throughout the day um, where you can move more as well. So not adding to your day in any way, not um, again, not making it onerous by having to, I don't know, add another 15 minutes to add this extra movement. But what I mean by that is, you know, can you, um, look, you know, at break time instead of standing there, can you be walking around the playground? Or if you've got to meet with a colleague, even at school, could that be a walking meeting where you're walking up and down the corridors yeah, or around it. the playground? I mean, that, that is yeah. such a good thing. And they do that in workplaces now. They do walking appraisals. And I think the, exactly. the fact that you're walking side on side, you've relaxed, you can talk more. I think, yeah, so really walking is, I mean, these things that we're talking about, it's so simple, but it's amazing how mm-hmm. we get caught up in doing things that, are more almost more complicated and uh more unhealthy whereas if you just stick to the simple basic stuff um it's actually quite straightforward isn't it absolutely absolutely couldn't agree more (laughs) yes definitely definitely um so um inner well-being is the next one what we like to call inner well-being um and so 
as I said, that's kind of that, this feeling of being calm. Um, it's the way that we can address stress and anxiety and just connect with ourselves and, and be more of ourselves. Um, yeah, so a tip around that would be mindfulness meditation for sure because we know that this is such a powerful tool for reducing stress and anxiety and, and improving our mood as well as kind of a whole host of other benefits as well. Um, in terms of kind of the, the time efficiency of this, it could literally be the most powerful thing that uh, a teacher or a TA or whoever introduces into their routine to, to help ease these feelings of stress and anxiety and just just feel better in, in so many different ways. So the tip around that would be just to look for opportunities throughout the day to be more mindful. So if we're thinking about the, the mindfulness side of things, that could be pausing and breathing while you wait for the kettle to boil. So you know, if you arrive in the staff room and you're making your cup of coffee, put the kettle on and just take a breath. And even just that couple of seconds could recalibrate your brain and could make a difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. Breath. It's just breath. I mean, I think um, yes. There's a lot of people out there, and I was I was definitely one as a younger a younger person that if you said that to me, I would have probably laughed that you know breathing yes. is, is that important. But within sport and uh, you know performance, high performance athletes, they use it all the time. So it's mm -hmm. just something. That, and also you can do it without other people noticing so yeah mindfulness is it's, it's banded around and there's lots of different versions of it and types of it but at the, at the end of the day it's just moving your attention from what's going on maybe in the future or in the past to actually the here and now and I think exactly like you say you know standing if you're if you're in class or um, making a cup of tea or anything like that mm. you can it only you can only you can do it for like 30 seconds and it can make a difference yeah. Exactly. Spot on. I completely, completely agree. And it, it is, like you say, it's become kind of a, a buzzword and it's almost lost its meaning. For, and that's such a shame. But this is an ancient practice, isn't it? Being mindful is, is an ancient practice. And there are just these little opportunities. And it's like um, it's like a little well, it's, it's been called the bicep, a bicep curl for your brain. And we can do these little bicep curls for our brain um, throughout the day. And, and that's all it is, just pausing, taking a breath. Just before you eat is another huge one as well. You know, open yeah. up your lunch, but just pause for a second and, and take, a, a, a take a deep breath would, would, yeah. would make such a difference. And, and, and putting down your phone, I think, at the same time, I think is key because even though you yeah. might – even though you might be doing breathing while you're looking at Facebook or you're looking at uh, pictures <laughs> on your phone, that's, that isn't, you're, you're actually not doing it. So you, I think the key thing there is, yeah, you can do it, but you almost need to put, put down your device. <laughs> yeah. I'll oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. And like the other, like the other topic, that could be a whole other conversation yeah, as well. Could, we could talk. Could be, yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe during smartphones, but anyway. Um, and, but also linked to this is, is the actual act of meditating as well is, is a huge one. And, and that's what I meant before about the, the huge and um, the huge variety of benefits. And that's more specific to meditation, which is actually sitting down. You know, you're, you're not doing anything else. You're not boiling a kettle or about to eat your lunch. You are actually setting aside just one minute, just three minutes, just five minutes, whatever it is, just to pause and breathe your sitting in a comfortable position you're focusing on your breath nothing else 
And again, that's a way that we can do these little bicep curls for our brain because we will get distracted. Yes, we will. Our thoughts will jump, like you said, to the past or to the future. But every time we bring it back to the breath, then we're, we're doing something positive for ourselves. We are increasing our focus. We're increasing our compassion. We're feeling calmer. We're releasing all these great hormones. So that's another way to go. And if people aren't familiar with meditation and, and they, they would like to start with guided meditations, which is exactly how I started, um, um, there's so many free apps out there, isn't there? There's Insight Timer, Headspace, Calm. Um, even we've got a, a few videos on YouTube. Yeah, we've got a few. YouTube and yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, yeah definitely. Excellent. I think it's, a, it's the way forward. But I mean, just I was listening to a great podcast uh, uh, the other day, Tim Ferriss, uh, and he had Hugh Jackman on. Um, I think it was, ah. it was a long while ago. And Hugh Jackman uh, meditates twice per day for about 20 minutes. Um, oh, really? Which, which he. Um, which he's done since he was 24. Uh, and he says it, um, he uses the analogy. It's like, uh, if you, if you're working through the day, your, your mind becomes like some dirty water. Um, mm-hmm. and then if you met, when he meditates, it feels like all the dust settles to the bottom. So it becomes clear, which I thought was a really good analogy for, for mindfulness. But yeah, I mean, he, he started off doing it every, he would do it every day, twice a day for 20 minutes where now he does it when he, when he wants to, which tends to be once or twice a day. But right. I just thought for somebody like him to come out and advocate that, which I think lots of people are now, you know, it used to be a very mindfulness, used to be a very um, uh, voodoo type of term. Mm. It? People used to think, wow, what, what, what the hell is that sitting down with your cross-legged uh, mm-hmm. humming? Um, where now I think it's it's a lot more mainstream. So yeah, I think if, if anybody is struggling out there, just focusing on that and just trying to spend maybe even just one or two minutes and then building up to five minutes per day, you'll hopefully notice the difference. Definitely, definitely. And you're right. Yes, it's been seen as this kind of wishy-washy thing, but you know the research tells us it's anything but wishy-washy. Um, yeah. And also perhaps viewed as a, a bit of a waste of time. You know, I, I haven't got time to do this, but as you said, it just takes a couple of minutes and as we just mentioned, the, the research would say it's anything but a waste of time. Um, yeah. And Hugh Jackman's one example um, that I didn't know about. That's fantastic. I know now. <laughs> um, but there are, there are countless other people's, not just celebrities, but people in you know really high power positions that owe their calm and, and everything and, and their clarity to the fact that they meditate every day. So, you know, let let's take um, inspiration from those people and yeah. and add it. Yeah, well, I, I think I think I think they at the beginning they would never tell anybody because I guess it was uh, a bit of a voodoo type of thing. Where now it's sort of science based um, and it's there's proof out there that it definitely one hundred percent works. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's jumping on the bad wagon and saying, you know, it, it's something that's, that you've got to do. But I think it's the older generation, so the people who have never did it, but. Um, other ones maybe that probably need it the most and probably won't do it so i think it's it's those guys out there get going on it yeah (laughs) give it a go yeah and we're we are you know hopefully um elevating that conversation by making it part of the norm you know i mentioned to a colleague yesterday um we were talking about you know what we do in the morning before school and i said well i I meditate for perhaps five minutes in the morning definitely um 
and that's two two men talking about meditation and, and i think that needs to happen more often doesn't it yeah, definitely yeah i mean i'm just thinking of some of my friends that if i said that to them they probably would laugh but i uh, but that but that is but that is it isn't it i'm 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 at that age where i guess it wasn't normal when i was when i was growing up to do that where i think hopefully now kids will kids probably will be better better tooled up with this type of thing hopefully 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 all right sorry we um yeah, yeah we... no it's good no this is good mindfulness. i mean in a, in a world being mindfulness with life on time and with our with our app um is huge you know it's it, there's lots of different types and we've just released uh we've got our own uh free resource my uh, movement and mindfulness um so yeah get on our website there's stuff on there if somebody needs to do something for um doesn't necessarily want to sit down um and meditate we're doing some uh, movement and mindfulness which is a really good and easy way to start uh it's mm. 15 minutes um but yeah you can go on our website and have a look at that so oh, that's next, brilliant. next next key point then sleep yes sleep a big one <laughs> so this really is a in our experience this is a common complaint amongst people amongst people that work in schools and the fact is it has a massive impact on health and well-being. Um, there are many experts in the field of sleep that would say it is the foundation of health. Um, we could be eating well and exercising, but we're not going to be performing at our best if we don't sleep soundly. Simply put, that, that, that that's the way it is. So yeah. without kind of um, making anyone feel anxious about their sleep or anything like that, we've got to... Um, make people aware that sleep is a very important part of their lifestyle and so just first of all have that conversation so they know that there are a huge number of benefits to getting a good night's sleep and there are also some you know not very nice side effects to not sleeping uh, over a long amount of time of course this is you know a chronic lack of sleep could be having a, um, a detrimental effect on our mental and physical health so have that conversation to start with and then think about the tips that we can apply to address our sleep and i think if i was going to say one tip around sleep it would definitely be no electronics in the bedroom i think we are seeing more of this recently um, as in people are realizing the effect that it has on their sleep and are doing something about it which is fantastic um so i'd say yeah no electronics in the bedroom and that's TV, um, laptop, tablet, smartphone, just ban them all from the bedroom. Um, it's, it's, it's a really, there's a really, really uh, good point. I mean, <laughs> exactly what you said, sleep. Um, yeah, I think it's fairly, it should be fairly obvious to everybody that sleep's important. I think everybody knows that if you don't have a good night's sleep. But mm. actually, I think the key thing is how do people get out of the habits to then allow them to sleep? And mm. I, the electronics in the bedroom is a really, it's a really, it's a really good point because in my household I have uh my wife and two two girls and mm-hmm. they're they're on their they're on their Chromebooks all the time. Um which I don't think is a necessarily I remember being as a kid having computer games, so it wasn't that's not so bad. But mm. they play games uh, my wife plays a game before she goes to sleep on her mm. iPad. Now there is research out there now which I'm not going against what you're saying because I, I actually I try and not have my phone near me it is by it is my bed but it goes off as soon as i <laughs> go to the bedroom but the um but there is evidence out there now saying that actually it's actually what you're looking at mm. and, uh is actually 
more important than necessarily the device. So if you're on a iPad or you're on a, a phone and you're looking at messages, then yeah, that's really bad news or Facebook or anything. But if you're playing a game and all your set, everything else is off and it relaxes you, say something like uh, Sudoku or um, reading, you could be reading mm-hmm. on a phone. I guess some people are saying that's okay. However, mm-hmm. I'm down your line because I'm actually thinking you then get tempted that the notification might pop up or you get tempted just to look at your messages before you go to bed. So I think exactly. there, there is, there is two schools of thought here, but I think, yeah, I'm, I'm I would love to ban technology from about <laughs> eight o'clock in my house, but I think I might struggle with that one. So of actually, course, to, yeah. on that, on that point, what's your, if, uh, this is a million dollar question and I don't expect you to have the answer, but <laughs> there is probably other teachers out there that are saying, well, that's what I do. Or I have my partner that's on a, on his phone or on her phone. What, how do you start that conversation? I mean, I think, yeah, j- just have the conversation. Just say, can we try it for a week? If it doesn't make yeah. a difference, fair enough. But I think in all likelihood, it will make a difference. I know from my experience, personally, um, the days where I do take a laptop into the bedroom and perhaps fall in front of Netflix, because, you know, I'm not a, a saint and sometimes I, I do that. <laughs> but I know that then I don't sleep well, Not not just... Um, not just that it takes me longer to fall asleep, but then my sleep is more interrupted and it, it doesn't feel like I've slept as well if I do that. Um, yeah. And then also feedback from other people that we've worked with or mentioned these tips to. When they apply this, I don't know anyone that said, no, I've, I slept worse because I didn't have, ele- because I yeah. didn't have electronics in my bedroom, <laughs> if yeah. you see what I mean. I think, I think, I think that's, key. I think that's We'd a key like point. It. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up again because this keeps coming up and I keep mentioning it to my lovely wife that, um, you know, you, we need to, we need to take our, our stuff out of the bedroom and she's saying, no, we, no, this is, this is makes me relax. This helps me go to sleep. So we're going to give it a go. And I, and I, what I'll do is if it doesn't work, I'll, I'll get her to give you a call. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, oh, past, let's get past my own personal problems. Let's move on to the next one. So community. Yes. Uh, so the final kind of piece of the puzzle, um, and again, a, a really um, overlooked piece of the well-being puzzle as well. Um, we base some of what we talk about in terms of community on a, a huge study that's tracked people over 75 years. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. You, might, you probably have heard of it. It's called the, the, Ad- yes, the Harvard Study of Adult Development. Uh, yeah. So this is a Huge yeah. study, isn't it? It's tracked people over 75 Some years really um, from all uh, different walks of life. That, and... Exactly, exactly. And kind of it's about what actually makes people happy and what determines whether they live to a, a, a ripe old age. And they found that it's not fame, it's not money, it's not <laughs> that, those types of things, not how hard you work or the position that you are in society. It's the relationships, the relationships you have with other people around you, that's what's going to keep us healthy and happy and thriving. So any conversation about well-being has to be talking about community and our relationships. Um, and so around that, we would say, let's just be um, steadfast. Let's be steadfast in our commitment to surrounding ourselves with positive, inspirational people. Um, so... The first step is considering the people around you. What what effect are they having on your mental and physical health? And then doing something about that. Are there people that you need to perhaps 
spend yeah. less time with politely of course <laughs> um, and, and are there people that you should be spending more time with because when you see them they lift you up and they make you feel more positive um so that's a big t- tip around that um you know making time for those people that lift you up and and also they've all got a role to play in in these healthy habits that we've discussed in terms of eating and moving and connecting with ourselves even our sleep um if the people you're surrounding yourselves with have got the same goals as you then you're much more likely to to yeah. um to fulfill your goals aren't you because i think, I think this is another work around you all uh, these tips that you or these areas that you're talking about are that almost like the pillars of uh health and success and they're they're fantastic and i think all that advice I yeah think the key thing here is with some of these is actually getting people to do it and i think that's obviously the challenge and people have got to be motivated themselves to be able to do it and i think community um and I know from sort of my past with different friendship groups and things like that, certain people, if I wanted to, let's say, for example, stop drinking alcohol um, or drinking beer, then there's a group of friends that that's all we do together. And I think this is where it becomes a, you have to make a decision. Yeah. And if you're, if you're, if you're in a happy, uh, if you're happy and your life is fine, then you don't need to do anything. But I think it's really just highlighting if you have an issue um, then actually it could be something to do with the people that you're sort of mixing with. And they're quite difficult decisions to make, aren't they? Very difficult, absolutely. Because that is, yeah, yeah that's everything, isn't it? It's our identity. It's 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 so much. It's a very complicated um, topic yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, really I know, it's tricky, I know like you said. But, ago, but I think, um, you know, where, where community... No if you look at it now especially in the pandemic if you're if you're a teacher um or if you're anybody really and you're having some social interaction with different people that social interaction whether that's with somebody who you don't necessarily confide um agrees with your goals or is in line with your goals just that social interaction is really important so i think it's really key that um you do you know the, the community thing is is huge and making sure you're you're with people who I think my my father, when he was in football management, said there was a uh, you either hang there's people that are drains and there's people that are radiators and you want to be around the radiators, uh, which is a, which which is which is a really good analogy. Exactly. Sometimes if you've only got five people that you can see, um, three of those are drains. You don't really want to be saying I don't want to be hanging around with you anymore because they're your connect connection. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a really it's a really important point, and I think it's just I guess. For your job is actually getting that that message over to people to actually you do have a choice um and then it's down to them to make the choice of you know what yeah to do. exactly and and that's what we talk about don't we? we talk about empowering people so we will share the knowledge and we'll share our tips and then it's kind of it's up to people how far they want to go with but back to your point another another yeah. word i've heard for it is mood <laughs> hoovers as well i know a few of those but yeah, and staff can be really tricky. But the other side to that is is being yeah. compassionate towards those people, isn't it? Because of course we're we're by no means saying, "Oh, just cut them out of your life and never speak to them again." That's not what we're saying. We're saying, um, "Yes, you might need to spend less time with them, or um, maybe you need to either be having that conversation with them or just being the example to them, um, trying to be as happy and as uplifting as you can be." Um, so that then yeah. radiates onto them and, and perhaps they then turn from being a, 
yeah, so you, continue, you inspire them. You radiator. Know, you inspire <laughs> them to, yeah, I think, I think that's a, yeah. uh, that's the goal that everybody should have. And I think, um, I mean, that, that sums, I mean, that's the, those five areas seem to me like a really full encompassing. And if somebody can be aware of that, a teacher who's struggling just, and I think the thing is sometimes mm. giving, listening to podcasts that give tips and advice can sometimes give, bring more anxiety on because you think oh, I've got to do that and I've got to do that. And it's like another to-do list, which they've already got lots of to-do mm. lists. So I think the key thing with this is just try, almost just try one a week almost, or, you know, and then just, and then just build it up. And, exactly. And like you said, Absolutely. Absolutely some of those things are quite simple and once you start doing it it will just become a new habit so yeah all really powerful i think the key thing for me is teachers this is like so teachers out there you know here's here's a framework for you to work to what responsibility does the school Mm. do you think the schools have for the teachers and uh giving them the tools to be able to do this type of thing yeah um Another, yeah, it's a complicated topic as well because we can kind of, um, schools um, encroaching on people's personal lives and and talking about some of these elements of lifestyle could be too much for some people uh, and that's completely understandable. Um, Some people perhaps would not like their employers to be telling them how to sleep at night or or what to eat and we completely understand that. Um, So there's got to be a a two-pronged approach perhaps um and on the one side yes there are things that the school can do to boost well-being and that that's their policies and their systems um and at the moment i've i've seen uh, I've, whether that's in the school that i work at or uh, my friends' schools or other schools that I've seen when connecting with people on social media that are doing lots of great things to boost teacher well-being and and so that's fantastic but at the same time, there does need to be some kind of conversation around our habits and our and a, a little bit around our personal lives so that we are equipping ourselves as well to deal with these things as best as we can. And we kind of hope that Teach Strong are the option for schools when it comes to that. Um, so they've got their duty on the one hand with the, the policies and the systems, and then perhaps we can be the person that supports them and guides them in, in in the other side of things the more the more personal well-being what, true what well-being do, uh, side of things as well leadership teams have for the well-being of the staff because obviously they have a responsibility for the students but is there any legal responsibility they have for mm. the well-being of the staff i think i think they have a huge responsibility yes of course i mean anyone that is under your supervision children and adults their well-being should be your priority um, and it's not one or the other it's it's both they get they go hand in hand don't they and and that's yeah. why we're having this conversation because well-being I think of... that i'm 100 percent think they do but do some schools feel like mm. well actually that's not a I, I've, I mean, I haven't come across any schools that aren't aware of the well-being of their staff and, and, and aren't wanting to do something about it. I think they're just perhaps confused and maybe 
frozen <laughs> by the the massive yeah. um, task that could be to addressing well-being but no we know that Ofsted are talking about staff staff well-being that's a, a massive priority for them and and so well some people might disagree with what I've just said actually but actually you know if you look at the things Ofsted are releasing at the moment it is around staff well-being and they are talking about what is a school doing to reduce workload um, what are they doing to yeah I think so it definitely is coming uh, online and I think yeah. the main reason for that is that they know that mm. uh, a well a healthy teacher is going to produce or healthy uh, and well teacher who's mentally mentally healthy is going to who's going to teach better and then obviously the kids and the kids are going to have be- uh, mm. a better result so yeah I think I, I asked that question just because I feel like it's a mm. uh, it, it, it is something that needs to be pushed um, and I think and it's the same with student well-being I, I from from where we stand at life on time is we actually feel like the life skills and the well-being skills are are as important as and if not maybe more important than actually the academic side of it and I still from from my understanding and I'm, I'm not a teacher but there is still quite a uh, uh, a focus quite a lot on results um, and I sometimes think it sometimes can be swayed um, in the wrong way no I agree I think it's fantastic <laughs> okay definitely. cool I mean that's really, really great I mean where can people go uh, to sort of access your information and um, get you guys on board yeah so um, you can visit our website to start with www.teachstrong.co.uk and that has um, details of, of the training that we offer um, as well as resources and blogs and things like that so do visit our website um, but also connect with it with us on social media as well we are very active on twitter and instagram um, we are at teach strong underscore and you'll find us there and yeah always posting lots of research um, but more importantly tips around well-being so if you are interested in more tips and bits of inspiration then then do connect with us um but yeah, as we said, around those five areas, we've actually, we've just, re- well, we are about to release our first online course. Um, so we've designed a series of well-being courses. So every month from from this month, from October, we're going to release a course on each of those areas of well-being. So the first one, October, is sleep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe one for the <laughs> wife, <laughs> for your wife. <laughs> um, November, um, inner well-being. December community, January movement, and February nutrition. Um, and so all of those online courses are very much evidence-based, but broken down into really concise steps. Um, they are all packed with loads of practical tips and resources that help people make these approaches just part of their teacher, part, can, part of their daily routine. The, um, the school, the idea is the school pay for this and then that then becomes free to the teachers to use is that how it works absolutely so we've we've done it so that it's both so there's both options ideally yes it would be fantastic wouldn't it if if the schools can purchase this and then that means that it's there for all the teaching staff and they can go on this journey together as a community so we have done both the schools can purchase um a course on its own or they can purchase the whole series of um, courses and that's very simple for a school they just sign up and then we'll send them all the details which can be forwarded to staff Um, each staff member would get their unique 
um, enrollment code and they can just access that course anytime they like. But at the same time, we have opened it up to individuals as well because we realize that there might well be individuals that are frustrated and are wanting to do something on a personal level for themselves. And so if they're interested, then, then they can okay. buy the course Sounds as good. well. Um, okay, we'll put that on the yeah. uh, on the notes <laughs> of the podcast. So if anybody wants to get in touch, but yeah, really, really Brilliant. thanks for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Um, really good advice. So yeah, I think huh. if you just take uh, one thing out of that, just the, those five, those five, uh, or do one thing per day or one thing per week from each of those five uh, areas. I think that's a, that's a good start. So, yeah, thanks for your help. Um, and yeah, we'll t- speak to you soon. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on. It's been, it's been Cheers, really Sam. great to chat with you. Thank you. <laughs> You have been listening to the Become Inspired podcast by Life on Time. For more information, please visit our website at lifeontime.co.uk.